Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Hey, good morning. How is everyone? Wonderful. Okay, that's good. Uh, welcome to church. Excited that y'all are here. Uh, we are in the new year. Amen. And we're doing a new series in the new year called Walking with God. Uh, this is kind of week two. Last week was kind of like a preview to the remix, uh, but here we are. Uh, this is kind of week one, kind of week two, but last, last week I preached a message called The Secret of an Easy Yoke. Uh, if you want to listen to that, we do have a podcast, New Life Church, uh, NLC Downtown Little Rock. I'm not pushing that, so you'll listen to our podcast, uh, but just so that you can stay connected and know what's going on. Um, and so last week we just talked about, I, honestly, I opened up a little bit, and I'm going to continue to do that today, and I guess every week uh, going forward, uh, but just where I'm at in my life and, and the priorities that I've got and the things that I believe God's asking me to do, and a lot of that is just simplifying my life. Um, I think that as Americans, as Christians, we are too busy, um, and I think that that is a chief ethic in our community, because we believe that to be busy is to be important, and to be important is important to us. Amen? Um, but I don't know about you. I, I found this year when I had to have the brakes slammed on my life, uh, which some of us got. Some of us are essential workers. Where are you at? Come on, y'all give them a round of applause. It's kind of a golf clap. Not really what I was looking for, but uh, okay. Uh, no, but... Uh, you know, for us, we were still going, we are still pastoring, but my pace changed. Why? Because I meet with people. That's what I do. Um, and so my pace had to change. I was doing Zoom calls all the time, but at some point, you can only do so many Zoom calls, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I kind of had to be confronted with, man, I need a healthier way to live. And I'd lived the past, you know, 12 years just perpetually in a hurry. Um, and as I've studied the life of Jesus, I don't think that's how he lived. And so for me, I, I effort to model my life after the life of Jesus. That's what a Jesus follower does. And so um, as I looked at it, I, I was out of whack. Um, and I've been working on that for the past year. And so I just kind of want to let you guys in on what that's looked like for me. And, you know, I basically have three goals this year. It's really simple. Uh, I want to be with Jesus. I want to spend time with him. Um, I want to become like Jesus in the time that I spend with him. And then as I act and as I do things, I want to ask myself, how would Jesus do this? Um, and Jesus was amazing. Um, he is amazing. He forgave people. He walked with grace. Uh, he had authority, but at the same time, he had humility. Um, and so we as Christians, like we have authority in the name of Jesus, but it's, it's his authority. Amen. He's the one who walks in front of us. He's the one who changes everything. You know, I was thinking about that as the team was leading us in that song. It's like, that is why we're here. That's what we're doing. And so if you're new to our community, we are Jesus followers. Uh, we believe that he came, he lived, he was God incarnate. That means he was God in flesh. And we believe that he lived a life we could never live. And uh, he lived perfectly so that we could have a reconnection with our creator, the one who formed us out of the clay and breathed life into us. And so I don't know what you believe or what your background is, but I believe that if you hang around long enough, you're going to find out that Jesus loves you and that we love you uh, and that you can find your place here and you can grow. And so this week, uh, week two, kind of, 
Uh, we'll call this week two kinda uh, for the podcast. Uh, week two kinda is that there's strength in solitude. Turn to your neighbor and say there's strength in solitude. Okay, turn to your second choice and say there's uh, strength in solitude. There's strength in solitude. Uh, there's a quote that I read last week, and it's been sticking on me. It says, uh, if we want the life of Jesus, we've got to accept the lifestyle of Jesus. If we want the life of Jesus, we've got to accept the lifestyle of Jesus. And something that Jesus consistently did is he got away and he got alone. You know, there's a difference between uh, isolation and solitude, right? Anybody experienced isolation this year? Quarantine, all right? That's something we never thought would be a part of our life. Um, isolation is when you are separated from people and you're not letting anybody speak into your life. Nobody knows what's going on. You're on an island. That is a dangerous place to be. But solitude is when you get alone and you start talking to God. You start letting God in on your life and you start letting him lead you. And so I'm gonna simplify, Michael. I know you got a ton of scriptures there. Um, I'm gonna start in verse five. I don't know if there's a way to do that. Can we do that? Y'all are gonna get less Bible than last service. Yeah, just looking around, you're not that spiritual. <laughs> it's a joke, lighten up. Uh, here's what it says, verse five. Some of you guys are like, is he serious? <laughs> it's my first time here. I'm, I don't like him. Okay, verse five, chapter six, verse five. It says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand up and pray in the synagogues and at street corners. And let me just say this. Every time as a pastor you read this, I'm literally reading and praying in public, all right? And so there's a little tension around that. You always have to check your heart. Chris Allen knows what I'm talking about. Uh, it says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. But truly I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. There's strength in solitude. That's what we're going to be talking about, talking about prayer and time with God this morning. Let's pray. We'll get into it. God, thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you are always good. God, we thank you that you lead us into life, and uh, we trust you. And Holy Spirit, we just give you space in our hearts today. Uh, just declutter our minds right now. And we want to hear from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, amen. Um, is anybody in here just a little bit of a stalker? You want to be honest in church this morning? Come on. Where are my stalkers at? <laughs> Nobody. Oh, there we go. Okay, we got some stalkers. Facebook stalkers, huh? I can see it. I can see it on you. Takes one to know one. Uh, <laughs> I, a uh, little confession, little opening time here. I stalk my UPS driver. Uh, I watch his every move. If you buy something and they ship it second day air through UPS, you can actually track your driver's movements and you can see exactly what street they're on, which for someone like me is the best and the worst thing that's ever happened to me and to that driver. <laughs> he just doesn't know it. Uh, and so I will get on the day it's supposed to be delivered, and I watch the truck so much so that I've learned his route, okay? I have memorized 
my UPS driver's route. So what he does is he goes and he hits the businesses on JFK right around Indian Hills. Okay, and then from there he goes and he goes to the Mormon church down the street from my house. Now in early days, I thought that meant he was about to deliver to me because he's like literally driving past my house. I actually drove to the end of my street one time and watched him. I'm not lying. This is not preacher exaggeration. This is just me being honest, okay? Watched him drive right by me and I thought, my jeans, they're right there. They're in that truck. <laughs> uh, and then... He goes, hits some apartment complexes, and uh, then he goes and parks. And I noticed around noontime, he parked down in Park Hill for a really long time. That's lunchtime for him. And so then after noon, at some point, usually about 2.30, 2.45, he uh, makes it to my house, and I'm waiting for him at the uh, mailbox. <laughs> and say, hey, thank you. I'm watching you all day. Then we're eating lunch. Okay, see you. You know, stalker. Yo. A question hit me to, this week as I was literally doing that. Uh, it was my sermon prep day. Don't judge me, okay? Why are you at the house all day, Pastor? I thought you were supposed to work. Well, I do, okay? It just looks a little different sometimes. Uh, but it hit me. What if we followed the movements of God in the same way I stalked my UPS driver? Like, what if we were so obsessed knowing what God was up to, what God was trying to do in our life, that we followed his ways? Y'all, listen. I think one of the reasons that we miss God in things is because we don't slow down enough to see what he's doing. We don't slow down enough to hear his voice. And um, God will not move on our timeline. Now, God will meet us on our timeline, but he will not be moved on our timeline. Uh, you'll know any slow eaters in your life? Gosh. Who's a slow eater in here? Okay, don't go to lunch with you. Don't go to lunch with you. <laughs> Uh, remember, I'm a hurry addict. I'm recovering. <laughs> and so I probably need to go to lunch with you just to drive me crazy for a little bit. Uh, so I, I had a friend. I had a friend. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have a friend uh, named Travis Mosler. He was on my leadership team uh, back at the Greater Little Rock campus. And uh, Travis is the slowest eater on planet Earth. He chews every bite like 48 times, Okay. And uh, he'll sit there just happy, at peace. Everybody's gone from the table. We would go on retreats. Everybody would be playing games, hanging out. You're like, where's Travis? And he'd be sitting smiling by himself at the table, eating his macaroni and cheese. All right, that's a very specific memory. Uh, <laughs> because that's how much it annoyed me, okay, at the time. But Travis, what I found is it does not matter how much you want him to be done eating. It doesn't matter what pace I wanted him to eat at. He was going to eat at the pace he wanted to eat at, and he was going to be at peace. Uh, something that Callie and I, when we were dating, we had tension because when I go to a restaurant, I'm in, I'm out, I order. Like, I'm, at, I'm the guy who's asking for the check, like, ready to go, ready to get to the next thing. But, you know, he, here's the truth. I think sometimes we approach God like I was approaching Travis Mosler. It's like you're moving too slow. I need what you've got right now. Like, I need you to get going, get going. Like, if I can just do these things in my life, maybe God will move. But what I've found, maybe God will speak to me. What I've found is that more often than not, in fact, I think always, God is waiting for us in the quiet place. You know, I believe that something that we've got to do as a church this year is recapture the quiet place. We've got to recapture that place that we meet with God, that God speaks to us, but we don't like the quiet place. Why don't we like the quiet place? Because we've got to be alone with ourselves, right? 
Y'all know any people in your life who are just like perpetually negative? Like every time you get around them, there is something they're annoyed by. It's like they are the Sherlock Holmes of finding uh, things to bother them, all right? And you get together and you just know, like, okay, if I, go, if I go hang out with them, you know, I'm going to have to be strategic, <laughs> you know, and get them to think about some life. You know, that person in your quiet time is you. Okay, I'm just telling you, when you get into solitude, maybe that's not you, but that's me. Okay, I'll own it. That's me. I sit down, I start thinking about all the things I'm frustrated about, all the things I'm frustrated about with myself. And honestly, it can be a violent time, right? You're just sitting there. But here's what I found, is that when I push through that awkward, I push through that tension, man, God is always there waiting to walk through it with me to sort through it with me, to bring me peace, to bring me perspective. But I just want to be transparent with you all. That's something in my Christian life that I've consistently struggled with. I'm good at the work side, right? <laughs> Jesus said the, the, the needs are many, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. I'm like, sign me up, let's work, let's get after it. But if you watch the rhythms of Jesus, if we want the life of Jesus we got to have the lifestyle of Jesus. If you, if you watch the rhythms of Jesus, he was consistently going out to quiet, desolate places to hear from God. You know, it's interesting. He uh, prayed and fasted for 40 days. You know, we're about to do prayer and fasting for seven days. You glad, who's glad in here? I didn't decide 40. Uh, seven days. And in that time, he, he did battle with the devil. You all listen, sometimes in your quiet place, you're going to do some battle with the devil. He's going to try to bring accusations against you. But let me let you in on some revelation for me this week. I have always thought of prayer and fasting as a vulnerable time. I've always thought of it as a time like, man, i got to be on guard. The devil's going to come after me, whatever. But I, I was reading this week, and the guy said that Jesus, when he was in solitude, he was actually in a place of strength. I had to pause. I had to think about that because <laughs> that doesn't make sense, right? Like the angels had to attend to him. He was so weak. What are you talking about? I actually objected at that point. I was like, no, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're looking at this right. Here was his point. I think it's right on. He said that the best place for Jesus to do battle with the devil himself was when he was, in when he was praying and when he was fasting because he was close to his father. He was hearing his father's voice. Y'all, I think we got it backwards. We think when we're busy, we're strong. Now, there's nothing wrong with working hard. That's not what I'm talking about. We gotta work hard. We gotta get things done. But it's when we spend time with God and we hear God's voice and we pause, we declutter, we let him be king, that's when we move into places of strength. And you know, this week, I wanna invite you guys to hit a reset button. If, if you're like me, you need that reset, we're gonna be right in here at 6 a.m. every day this week, Monday through Friday. We're gonna be worshiping, we're gonna be going after God, we're gonna be fasting together. And my hope, my prayer, is that some of this becomes a rhythm for us, you know? I know for me, as a parent, uh, who knows that if you don't beat your kids out of bed, you will not get any quiet time. Can I get an amen from the parents in the house? right? If you don't beat your kids out of bed, you will not get a quiet time. Y'all listen, most of us start every day in a perpetual hurry. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe your kid, the thing you got to beat is Instagram, right? Like that's what eats up your mornings and somehow you're late, but you're like, oh, I woke up at 5.30. How am I late? It's like, well, I've been on Instagram for three hours. <laughs> Where'd that time go? Or Bleacher Report or whatever. Where are my Bleacher Report people at? Yeah, gets me. Y'all, 
talked about this last week, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. You know, this is the carnivore <laughs> that devours your quiet time and your solitude. This, this, this week for me, for Callie, we're getting off social media. We're getting off the news. Uh, we're going to try to power down our devices, not watch Netflix and chill every night. Come on. <laughs> Millennials think that's funny because of certain connotations. Anyway, uh, just chill. Anyway, uh, <laughs> got to get out of this joke. <laughs> I want to keep pressing into it, but I can't. Got to keep moving. Y'all, what if this week we hit the reset button? What if this week we started to recapture that quiet place in our life? What if this week we set up new rhythms where we start getting out of bed, we start having our coffee, maybe at six? That's, that's the devil's hour to some of you guys, the Lord's hour to me. Uh, I found that when I start that time with God, man, I start that conversation with God early. It's a conversation that continues throughout the day. And so my challenge, my encouragement, I want to pastor you in this, is y'all, let's recapture quiet time as a church in 2021, right? We always talk about, we want to see the strength of God. We want to see the power of God. Y'all, I believe the strength and the power of God comes from relationship with God, comes from hearing from God. You know, I was driving in every, every weekend when I drive in to church, I look at the city and I pray over it and I always envision what God's trying to do in our church, and we're gonna take the city, and you know we're gonna do amazing things, and God hit me with this this morning as I was driving in. I just started, instead of envisioning, and I don't wanna, this can be confusing. I thought about it like a city on a hill, like, man, everybody, look at how great this church is. But now what I really want, I want the city on the hill to be people looking and saying, man, like, look at that community and the way that their lives are being transformed. Like, I don't know what's going on in there, but I want that. Look at the way that they're loving the, the hurting people in our community. I, I don't know what's going on over there. I want that. And, you know, I believe that that comes in, in, in quiet time. It comes with solitude with God. And so this week, what do you all think? Do you think we could set some of that time aside? Do you think we could connect uh, connect with the king, as Chris and I, as mentor, used to say, connect with the king. I think if we do, I think if we recapture the quiet place this week, we're going to find ourselves in positions of strength a lot this year. The scripture says that God moves us from strength to strength. Amen. I want to read a, a pretty sobering quote to you. It says, without solitude, it's virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. Oof. <laughs> right? When I read that, I was like, oh, what have I been doing without solitude? I, I think it's actually true. Why? Because it's what Jesus did. It's the way he did it. If God incarnate needed quiet time, how much more so do we need it? Amen? Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Did anybody get a quarantine bod this year? The dry cleaner shrunk, shrunk my shirt a little bit, so that made this illustration a little easier. Uh, yeah, I gained about 15 pounds uh, at the beginning of quarantine, and uh, yep, and uh, took me three months, four months of consistent exercise and diet to get like close to that 15 pounds off, because who knows when you're out of your 20s, the pounds just, they just stick on a little differently, right? They're like sticky rice, you know, on your ribs. Um, and so 
here's what here, here's the truth. Listen, listen, listen. In our culture, we know that if we don't take care of our physical bodies, that there are going to be ramifications in our life. Right? Our energy is going to go down. We're not going to feel well. Uh, you know, we're not going to be able to do certain things we want to do. We're going to be prone to injury. That's the truth. Here's the lie we believe, that if we neglect our spiritual fitness, it won't have any impact on us. We think that as we struggle, let's just say even mentally, like, and we're struggling with depression or some anxieties, some things like that. Y'all listen, I'm not saying that that stuff isn't real. In fact, I'm saying it's very real. But what I want to submit to you is that part of the solution, part of having a healthy inner life is having a healthy spiritual life, healthy time with God. And the truth is, it's just like exercise. When you go to the gym, the first couple times you go, it's difficult, right? It takes more effort. And at some point, it gets easy, and you start feeling like, man, am I being lazy? Am I slacking off in the gym? No, you're actually just fit, right? It's the same way with your spiritual life. In the beginning, it's difficult. It's like bench pressing, this, the, the most embarrassing amount of weight is wearing you out. But over time... It gets more simple. You get more fit. Y'all, I want to get spiritually fit as a community this year. Amen? Amen? Y'all with me? Ah, okay. Keep going. <laughs> so we got to recapture the quiet place. I think we've also got to wake up and slow down. We hit on that a little bit, so I'm not going to bludgeon you with that. Uh, Mark 135 says, very early in the morning. What time? Early. <laughs> it's Early. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place, grabbed a cup of coffee, and prayed. <laughs> That's Bronson's, uh, uh, what's, the, what's it called? Eugene? What is it? Interpretation. Yeah, that's it. That's Bronson's version. The message, paraphrase. Boom, I paraphrased it. That's it. He got up early. He went to a solitary place. He got the Lord's drink, which is coffee or tea. Herbal tea. <laughs> I like tea. Where uh, he prayed. Y'all, listen, if we want God's strength, we have to embrace God's standards. And one of the standards, as you read it all throughout the scripture, is that God often speaks in quiet, solitary places. Where did Moses encounter the burning bush? A desert on a mountain. Go throughout the scripture, y'all. There's so many examples. David was writing psalms in caves. You know, he's out to different places, y'all. God speaks. There's the example, I believe it's in Ezekiel, where my Bible scholar's at, where he's wanting to hear from God, and he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the wind, but he was in the gentle whisper. He was in the quiet place, y'all. That's where God speaks. So we gotta get alone to hear from God. Okay, how do we hear from God? You'll have heard me say this a few times. I'm going to say it again. God speaks primarily in how many ways? Three ways. He speaks through his word. He speaks through wise counsel. And he speaks through impressions in our spirit. If we're going to preach it, it's that don't say God's silent when your Bible's closed. Amen? So we're going to get alone and we're going to read God's word. Y'all, reading your Bible is starting a conversation with God and asking him to talk first. Starting a conversation with God and asking him to talk first. First, uh, Matthew 6, 6, let's look at the message, paraphrase, right here. Here's what it says. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet place, a secluded place, so you won't be tempted to role play before God. That means you won't be tempted to be somebody you're not. You've got to be yourself in the quiet time, right? 
Just be there as simply and honestly as you can imagine. The focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense his grace. Um, Y'all, one of the things that is difficult about the scripture is there's lots of genres of literature in here. And who knows you read history differently than you read poetry, right? And so sometimes you're like, man, my pastor's telling me to go verse by verse and study every word. And I'm like reading through Samuel and it's like, you know, they went against the Amalekites. Okay, what's, what's in that, right? Well, it's the whole story that's there, right? But when you read poetry, you want to slow down. You want to get in there. You want to, you want to see what's, what's there. When you read the gospel, slow down. Look at, intentionally at the words Jesus is speaking, the words he's using. You look at the epistles. Those are the letters written by uh, the church leaders. Most of them were written by the Apostle Paul. Same thing. But listen, I, I want to give you kind of Bronson's tips for how I think through this, okay? When I read through the Psalms, I tend to pray through the Psalms, Okay? I tend to look for reminders of how I should be thinking. I look for reminders on how I should be uh, viewing things, and then I ask God to reorient my thoughts, reorient my heart around those things. I'll give you an example, uh, Psalm 100, verse 4 through 5. It says this, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, okay? Am I thankful? Am I entering life? Am I entering the presence of God with thankfulness? God, root me in thankfulness. That becomes a prayer. His courts with praise. Give, him, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Man, am I experiencing the goodness and the love of God? God, remind me of your goodness and your love for me. It becomes a prayer. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God, teach me to trust your faithfulness through the ages. God, remind me of places that you showed up for me so you can pray through the Psalms. I try to read one Psalm a day in the morning. And then for me, again, this is Bronson's method, okay? This is not gospel. This is not the only way to read it. But I like to read chapters at a time uh, throughout the New Testament. And so I'll try to read through a whole book. Um, If you start with a book like Galatians, it's a shorter letter that was written. I'll read through that whole sucker pretty fast. And then I'll slow down. Because why? Okay. When you watch a movie and you start partway through the movie, you miss stuff, right? And you lean over to your friend and you say, hey, what did I miss? I don't have a clue what's going on here. That's what happens when we just open our Bible and we go, put the sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? (laughs) You're like, okay, guess that's a word. God, uh, give me my sword and the cup, right? But that's how we read sometimes. Anyone want to be honest and say that's how we do it? Shoot. I spent the first couple years of my life, I was like, I'm supposed to read the word. Let's get going, right? And so I want to encourage you, read. Okay, the author's intent is very important. We think about that when we read books, but I want to encourage you to think about that when you read through the Scripture because who's the author? Yes, men wrote it down, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. There's so many rich, beautiful things in there God wants you to get. And so I want to give you a few things, few few tools that I like to use. Uh, for this week, this may help you. I think we've got them up there. Michael, do we have them? Commentaries? Hey, bam, okay, so uh, a couple commentaries, take a picture of this if you would, if, if you're looking for uh, things to help you understand the Bible, these are things that will help you, uh, R.T. France wrote a book on Matthew, he wrote a commentary uh, that you can check out, you can get it on Kindle, 
Uh, Tim Keller wrote a book called Jesus the King. It's not necessarily a commentary, but it is. He's exegeting and he's going through the book of Mark, one of my favorite books ever. Listen, if you're trying to understand the gospel and you struggle to understand the implications of what God's done for you, that's a book to start with. Uh, Joel B. Green, uh, he wrote a book on Luke, uh, a commentary on Luke that's so stinking good. Um, and then N.T. Wright, he, he's got uh, the For Everyone series. And so he wrote one called John for Everyone. And so I, I'd recommend that for the Gospel of John. But these are good references for you to go to when you're stuck on a verse, you don't quite understand. And then I want to give you some books that I want to encourage you to read that I've read in this past year. Uh, you're going to see a lot of my teaching where I got some of this stuff. Like, he's not that smart. He's just reading the right books. That's the ticket, I'm telling you. Uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by a guy named John Mark Comer. Really good, really convicting. And you're going to see all my source material on that one. Uh, another one called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson. It's a little older, but it's really good. Take a picture of those. Those are books that I'd recommend if you're looking for my picks for this next month or so. Um, and so get alone, read God's word, pray God's word, and let's seek God's will together. Amen. Caleb, you want to come up? Come up with me and we'll have a spiritual moment. My fault, I didn't tell him when to come up, so he's just been guessing. Okay, to close, I, I want to give you guys a few things to get ready. You know, we're going into this week of prayer and fasting. Maybe you've never fasted before. Hey, this is a good week to start. Jesus says, and when you fast, do it this way. And so we believe that fasting is a part of a rich spiritual life. And so I hit some of this last weekend, but I want to give it to you again. Make sure you set your objective. Why are you fasting? What are you seeking God for? Maybe it's breakthrough in your life, in a family member's life, in a friend's life. Maybe you just need to hear the voice of God. Maybe you just need the peace of God to come back in your life. Yo, listen, write it down. Write down what you're believing and praying for. As you came in, did you get handed this? Let me see him if you got him. Y'all have him? Okay, if you don't have it, raise your hand. Okay, ushers, if y'all could start handing these out to people around those should be right back there on the back. Uh, if y'all could help pass some of those out. Y'all keep your hand up until you get one. We want to make sure everybody gets one of these. Um, this is a prayer card. It says prayers for 2021. If you've been a part of our church for a while, you'll notice we do this every year. And uh, y'all, this is a card you can keep with you throughout the year and write down the things that you're believing God for this week. Y'all, I, I have this with me every morning. I ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what do you want me to believe, be believing God for for me? And we're going to talk about some of this this week. We're going to give you some direction on what that looks like. Then I ask God, what do you want me to believe, be believing you for for other people? Hey, listen to me. I, I'm not saying this is going to happen for you, but I just want to give testimony. Can I testify a little bit? Every year, I've written down a different name of a family member who's had tension or had something going on, and I've seen God answer that prayer every year for the past couple of years. And so y'all listen, prayer moves the heart of God. Let's write these things down. Make a commitment. Um, we're, we're gonna start tomorrow, and so tonight will kind of be the last night. We're gonna break the fast as a community. Uh, next Sunday night, we're gonna have a worship night right up here at 6.30. We'll encourage you to come. We're gonna have communion, and uh, it's gonna be a really special time. Uh, but this week, we're gonna fast Monday to Sunday night. Um, 
And so figure out what you want to fast. Make a commitment. Say, okay, God, this week I'm going to stay away from social media. We do believe that fasting is primarily about food, but we encourage you to think about that. It's pretty noisy out there right now, right? Pretty noisy. We need to be praying for our country, amen? But I think some of us need to take a step back. We need to get God's perspective. We need to remember who's on the throne, amen? I like that, amen. Um, So then think about how you wanna fast. We have a few different things that we recommend here. We have a Daniel fast, that's what that's called. And uh, Daniel, if you go back and you look in the Old Testament, uh, he ate fruits and vegetables. Basically, anything that doesn't come from an animal is pretty much fair game, right? I think that's how it goes. Look it up online, type in Daniel fast. It'll give you a guide, that's usually what we do. Yeah, I've been doing it for like five or six years and I have to get a reminder every year. Uh, you can do like certain day, certain times a day. You can fast certain meals. God, I'm not going to eat breakfast. I'm not going to eat lunch. Uh, Jewish people, there's something called a Jewish fast. They, they would tend to uh, eat at night when the sun had gone down and then only eat one meal a day. So that's another way you can do it. Or, you know, you could do liquids. Um, we had one guy who did that uh, last year and the year before and was melting cheese dip. We caught him melting cheese dip in the break room. Uh, I guess that works. You know, it's, it's the heart that matters, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, so you could do that. You know, some people do a water fast. I want to recommend uh, you make sure you're ready to do that. It's pretty intense uh, physically. If it's your first time fasting, I really wouldn't recommend that. Or, you know, if you have any health issues, recommend you talk to a doctor, uh, things like that. So I'm not, not necessarily advising for or against that. You got to make a personal decision there on what you want to do. And that's just... Uh, drinking water for a week. Um, and so, you know, the biggest thing though, guys, whatever you decide to do, make sure you prepare your heart. You go before God, you make the commitment, and then you need to go and prepare your home, okay? So if you're gonna do the Daniel fast, some of these sorts of things, you probably need to get junk food out of your house. First thing to go in my house is uh, the popcorn, all right, the buttered popcorn. I eat a bag of popcorn a day, isn't that weird? Is that weird, does anybody else do that? At least one bag. Sometimes two. My daughter loves it. She loves popcorn, all right? No, it's not skinny pop, all right? Pop secret home style, all right? It's the best one. Come at me if you disagree. Come talk to me after service. So, got to get rid of the popcorn. (laughs) Going to have some ulcers. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's it. So prepare your heart, prepare your home. The scripture says, Ephesians chapter three, it says that uh, God has made our heart his home. Chris hit on that earlier in the service. Y'all, that, our heart, that's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so this week, we're gonna effort to hear from God, amen. Uh, we're gonna clear out some clutter and I believe he's gonna speak to us. And, uh, Matthew six thirty three. this is fits wherever the bishop fits is. It's back there. It's one of his favorite scriptures. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Can we pray? Why don't you all stand to your feet? We're, we're going to pray standing this time. Chris will let you sit down later in the service <laughs> again. Well, let's pray. God, uh, we pray this week that, that we could hear from you, God, that we could connect with you. God, we pray that you would help us recapture the quiet place in our life. God, that you would help us revalue solitude and silence before you. Come on, if you're in here and you just need to, your, your life to quiet down so you can hear from God, I just want you to slip your hand up real quick. Just me and God, nobody's looking around. I see you all over the room. Come on, my hand's up. 
Let's quiet down. God, I pray for every hand's raised. God, I pray that you help us as we battle our own minds. And God, we commit that time. God, I pray that you would meet us there. And I thank you that you will in the quiet place. God, I pray for anybody in here who's battling a stronghold or needs breakthrough in their family and their friends, their family member. Come on, if that's you, you just need, need some breakthrough this week, this year. I want you to slip your hand up real quick. I want to pray for you. God, I thank you for every hand raised. God, we thank you that you fight our battles. God, that you are the victor. God, that you're, you're our champion. Um, and so, God, we, we give you these battles, these things that are going on all across the room. In Jesus' name. And if you're in here and you've just been disconnected from God, maybe you've never had a relationship with him, maybe you just need to recommit, reconnect with him. Come on, if that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Just need to reconnect with God. I see you. Come on, let's pray this prayer together with conviction. Let's pray out loud. Say, Jesus, I commit my life to you. I accept your grace, and I want to learn your ways. I thank you that you love me at my worst, but you lead me to my best. I trust you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.